Hello, my citizen legislators. Uh, it's Friday afternoon, and this is Topless Government. I'm your host, Crystal Ellerby. Welcome back. Just remember, this is what I always say, my citizen legislators. This show is a cross between schoolhouse rock and civics for the masses. So I want this show to be relatable and fun. And this is an opportunity for you to learn how your government works. Remember, knowledge is power. So let's get started. So what does Crystal want to talk about this week? Well, lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of year in Congress where they're about to adjourn sine die. And what I mean by sine die is they're, they're going to adjourn for the Congress of the, 100, the 117th Congress, which is a two-year session. Congress is trying to wrap up and trying to go home. And as I previously told you in other episodes, particularly the appropriations episode, your federal government is running and operating on a continuing resolution. It funds the, um, the government at fiscal year 2022 levels, which means you're, it's, it's a cut. It's a cut to programs that are very, very important to you, like healthcare, Medicare, Medicaid. Um, that's being, that you know, it's a cut. So Congress is still trying to figure out how they wrap up fiscal year 2023 appropriations. And on top of that, with the midterm elections being over and also the re-election of Senator Raphael Warnock, which I'm very, very happy about. Now they're, you know, they've been starting to discuss organizing for next Congress. And what I mean by that is, you know, you got new members coming in who have already done orientation. Um, who have already started uh, with the process of getting their offices. And on the House side, they do it by lottery. And on the Senate side, um, you know, it takes a little while longer because freshman members have to go into the basement of Dirksen or in the trailer in the Russell building. And it doesn't, it takes like a couple of months to get, you know, your new office suite, to be perfectly honest, because you know, the current senators, they may want to change offices. So based on seniority, they get first dibs. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because I'm going to go into the process of how they are going to decide who is going to be on what committees. And then also uh, the party leadership elections, which have already taken place except for one, and I will get to that in a minute because that's the big one. That's the big kahuna. That is the speakership of the House of Representatives. And that is going to take place on January 3rd, 2023. But like I said, you know, we're winding down the second session of the 117th Congress. There are no uncontested midterm election races, all done. And now we're going to go into 
how Republicans and Democrats go into their rituals of organizing for the 118th Congress. That is going to convene January 3rd, 2023 at noon. So um, let's talk about how each party will do it. So the Democratic caucus, they have a tradition of using seniority, the seniority system to select the chairs and ranking members of committees. And they don't enforce term limits. Now, House Republicans have term limits and they adhere to it six years for chairs. And, you know, there's gonna be a little bit of trouble with regards uh, to the term limits. With regards to one of the most prominent committees on the House side, House Appropriations, right now, there are four Republicans who are going to become chairman um, next Congress. Right now, they're ranking. And they're ranking on energy and water development, labor HHS, transportation and HUD. And I believe, I forgot the fourth one. I think, I don't know if it's like foreign affairs, but these four Republican members want to get a waiver in order to stay on their subcommittees. Now, rumor has it that waivers are not gonna be allowed. However, I read this morning that a waiver has been approved for Congresswoman Virginia Fox from, she's from North Carolina. And right now she's ranking on education and labor workforce committee. But she's going to get a waiver and she's going to be able to stay on the committee as chairwoman. And I don't think that that's fair, but maybe with the other four Republicans who are on House appropriations, that might change. And they, be, they may be able to stay on those subcommittees that they're currently on as ranking. OK. So for the past couple of weeks, well, back in November after the election, after they came back on November 14th, there was, you know, full speed ahead with regards to the leadership roles and key committees, committee leaders. So one of the things that I found out, so most of the leadership races have already taken place. I'm going to first talk about the Democrats. So as everybody knows, Nancy Pelosi, who is currently Speaker of the House for the 117th Congress, made the decision to step aside and not run for a leadership post next Congress. She gave her remarks on the House floor. And in addition to her, Steny Hoyer, who represents um, Maryland, he decided to not run for leadership posts in the 118th Congress. And so the new Democratic leadership is going to be headed up by Representative Hakeem Jeffries. He's a Democrat from New York. And then you have Representative Catherine Clark, who has already been in leadership along with Jeffries, but she's going to be, you know, she's going to be involved next Congress, along with Congressman Peter Aguaya. 
from California. So this is going to be the new Democratic leadership team. And so they were already they were voted on by the entire Democratic caucus. And I will honestly say I am extremely happy that Representative Hakeem Jeffries will be the new Democratic leader for the 118th Congress. I think he's going to do a phenomenal job along with Catherine Clark and Peter Aguaya. I think this is going to be really, really good. And um, we're just going to see how it goes in the 118th Congress. Now, on the Republican side, you know, you have Representative Steve Scalise from Louisiana is going to be majority whip. And you have Elise, um, what's her name? Stefanik. She will still be in leadership, and I believe she's going to be conference chairwoman. But the biggest thing that everybody needs to understand is the speakership. Representative Kevin McCarthy from California wants to be speaker. And the Republicans did hold their internal conference vote. He won. He won. I mean, he did have a challenger. It was Representative Andy Biggs. He won. He won the conference vote. But do not get it twisted. The Speaker of the House is the Speaker of the whole House of the State of the Union. It's not just Republicans. It's Republicans and Democrats. So Kevin McCarthy is going to have to get the votes needed to win the speakership on January 3rd. As of right now, he doesn't have the votes because there have been many, and I mean many rank and file Republicans in the conference that said they are not voting for him. And recently, Representative Matt Gates from Florida said he's not voting for him. So this is going to be interesting because I, you know, I read about um, what happened in December 1855. And this was a prelude before the Civil War. Now imagine this. Now we're still a burgeoning country. And we just purchased Louisiana. And the issue has always been when you bring a new state in the union, are they a slave state or a non-slave state? And this is, and this was the issue. The issue was that. Now, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, it took two months and many ballots vote of voting to name a speaker. Two months, people, two months. And now this is when Congress didn't convene on odd years. This is when they convened on even years. But now they convene on odd years. And I got to tell you, I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but 
it's, it's I mean, it, it, it's it, it's going to be tough for Representative McCarthy to get the votes. I mean, I, personally, for me, this is my own. This is my personal opinion and nobody else's. Um, he's not going to get it on the first ballot. He's not. He's not going to get it on the first ballot. He's not. I, I, I just I just don't see that happening. And I got to tell you, I, you know, it, it may be multiple ballots, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is Congress needs a speaker in order to organize. And that's why I'm talking about this today. Because things next Congress are going to be different. Republicans are going to be in charge. They have a very slim majority but they are going to be in the majority nonetheless. And so you need to watch out for that. And I mean, it's gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. The one other thing I do wanna wanna talk about is when we're gonna learn who's gonna be on what committees. Now, um, most of the committees on the Republican side are already known, but, you know, those that are going to head those committees, that's kind of already known. But it's the makeup of the membership on the Republican side on who's going to get, you know, subcommittee assignments. That's going to take some time because this is an internal, this is an intra-party decision-making process. And each party does it differently. So honestly, on the Democratic side, they have the Democratic Steering Committee. And I've learned that they're going to meet next week. And I know that there's already uh, Representative um, Lofgren from California is vying for the House Science, Space and Technology ranking member slot but she's being challenged by Representative Bill Foster from Illinois. So the steering committee will interview the candidates, but ultimately it's up to the entire Democratic caucus to vote on and to make a decision. So we're hoping next week we'll hear more about that. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, we're not gonna know until January and I mean, things will be trickling out. I mean, it is what it is, but that's how it's going to work. I mean, and the same thing on the Republican side. I mean, you know, this is just, it's going to, it's going to take some time because you got new members and they have to make the decision on what committees they want to be on. Um, and those, and they don't take those decisions lightly because they have to focus on you know, their constituents, their congressional districts in their, you know, their constituents in the congressional districts. So they have to make decisions based on that. Same thing on the Senate side, but they do it a little bit differently. They have A, B, and C committees. And you have to, you know, <coughs> bring your committee priorities to, you know, the leadership, your party leadership. Again, it's intra-party decisions. And so I don't know. I mean, you know, we're going to, we'll see. 
one of the one thing that I am very happy about is that Senator Patty Murray is going to be the first woman who's chairing the full Senate Appropriations Committee. I'm loving it. I'm so loving it. I'm I'm like I'm loving it. Um, she's a Democrat from the state of Washington, and I'm just very very happy about that. I'm I'm, I'm extremely happy about that. Um, I, I mean. Organizing Congress is not glamorous. It's like making legislation, you know, it's like making sausage. And you don't want to see how sausage is made. You just want the end product or the end result. So this is just to let you know, like, hey, even if, even though it's the Christmas season, it's the holiday season, the internal workings of Congress has not stopped. It's, you know, they have to get this completed before January 3rd. You know, everybody has to have an inkling of what committees that they're going to be on, um, how they can start preparing to be on those committees and pushing their priorities. Who's going to be chairman, you know, well, not just chairman and ranking members of committees on the House and Senate side, but the rank and file of those committees, you know, and the subcommittees, that's going to be very, very important as well. I mean, particularly for House and Senate appropriations. One other thing I do want to say with regards to appropriations, last week, the Republican conference met and they voted on keeping community project funding, congressionally directed spending requests also known as appropriations. Overwhelmingly, they agreed to keep them for the 118th Congress. Now, I am ecstatic about that because it's going to help out nonprofits. It is going to help out states, counties, parishes, villages, cities, towns. I am extremely happy about that. And, you know, they already have the infrastructure in place, which is great. I'm, look, I, I'm just really happy about that because I was hoping that this was going to happen. But you but you don't know until, the, you know, the caucus or the conference has spoken after they vote. So that is going to help out a great deal as well. But again, let's talk about the structure of the party leadership. As I mentioned earlier, we talk about the Speaker of the House. And the Speaker is the most senior officer of the House and the third most senior official in the federal government. With that, I'm talking about succession of the presidency, the presidential succession. So the speaker presides over the entire house. <clears throat> and that race is going to take place January 3rd. Now, we got the majority leader. And I misspoke earlier. Steve Scalise is going to be majority leader, not majority whip. He's going to be majority leader. And he's the, he will be the second most senior official in the House. 
and he's the day he's going to be the day-to-day manager of the business on the, on the floor and they are going to work with party leadership the majority party leadership to build and, and manage the consensus within on legislation that's what's going to happen the majority leader is elected by the party caucus or conference. So the other ones, you got the majority whip. The majority whip is basically the one that persuades members to support their party's position on votes. He's the vote, he or she is the vote counter. And, you know, that's an important position. It really, really is. Now, in the past, um, um, Republicans have had um, Tom DeLay when he was majority whip. And he was the enforcer. He was the enforcer. He, you know, he he would have his colleagues toe the line. I mean, that's what the majority whip is for, for having them to toe the line. <coughs> now, we're going to talk about the Democrats, because they're going to be in the minority. And as I stated earlier, Hakeem Jeffries is going to be the Democratic minority leader. And he is the senior, the senior official for his party. And he works to set the agenda, the messaging, and the strategy. So that's going to be really important next Congress. And then you have the assistant. And in this instance, it's Representative James Claiborne from South Carolina. Now, he previously has been in the senior leadership position in the majority. And his colleagues, the caucus, the Democratic caucus, voted for him to stay, to, to be assistant to the, to the minority leader. And then you have the minority whip, and that's Catherine Clark from Massachusetts. And then the Democratic caucus chair is Peter Agua from California. And, you know, what can I say? I mean, there are other leadership positions, um, like the person that's going to um, head up the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And on the Republican side, you have the chair of the Republican conference. <clears throat> and that person is serves as the organizational vehicle for all House Republicans. Then you have the Republican Policy Committee and then the Republican campaign, the Republican Congressional Campaign Committee. So, I mean, this is going to be interesting to see. Now, heading up the campaign arm, I mean, this person is elected by the Republican conference. The same goes for the um, on the um, Democratic side for the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Now, much has not changed on the Senate side. The, seat, the Senate leadership, you have President Pro Temp, which is, is traditionally the longest serving member of the majority party. And this is an elected position. And I believe Senator Patty Murray from the state of Washington is president pro tem. Majority leader will stay the same, Senator Chuck Schumer from New York. 
um, assistant majority leader or majority whip is, is still going to be Richard Durbin, Democrat from Illinois. And then you have the minority leader, uh, Mitch McConnell, Republican from Kentucky. Assistant floor leader, the minority whip. And then you have the other offices, the Democratic Conference, the Democratic Conference vice chair, the Democratic Conference secretary, <clears throat> the, the Democratic Policy Committee, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee. I want to talk about that for a little bit. Currently, you have Senator Gary Peters, Democrat from Michigan. Now, he did a very good job of keeping the Democrats in the majority. So lo and behold, do you think that they don't want him to keep, to stay in that position? We'll see. We'll see. Because um, in the next cycle, 2024, the Democrats have more vacants, have more seats up than Republicans. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see um, what's going to who's going to be in that position, because it's going to be hard in 2024. It really, really is. Um, all I can say is this. 2024 is going to be interesting. You know, the presidential cycle, um, it's going to it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting. And now I want to talk about the committee sizes and ratios in, in the House. So the ratios are going to be completely different because the Republicans will be in charge. So they will be able to have more seats. Now, it could run from maybe six to 10. It depends on the committee. And, you know, I mean, the margin may be wide. I mean, I'll go back to the 112th Congress and how the ratios went. You know, like House, the House Agriculture Committee, there were 26 Republicans and, and, and 20 Democrats. Appropriations, which is a big deal. That it's, that's one of the most prominent committees along with Ways and Means. So back in the 112th Congress, you know, that was in 2011 to 2012, on appropriations, you had 29 Republicans, 21 Democrats. Ways and means, you had 22 Republicans and 15, 15 Democrats. Just think about that. That was back in the 112th Congress. So that should just give you a little bit of inkling of what might happen on the House side. I mean, on the Senate side, because, you know, the Democrats are still in control, <clears throat> you know, it's 51-49. But there's a little bit of a caveat. Um, just yesterday, Senator, Senator Kirsten Cinnamon, Cinnamon, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce her name, Cinema, announced that she was leaving the Democratic Party and she's going to be an independent. So what does that mean? Now I've read press reports that she has spoken to majority leader Schumer and that she will maintain her committee assignments. That's fine. Um, 
you know, she hasn't really like gone to the party lunches that they have every Tuesday. Uh, she keeps to herself. But keep this in mind. I mean, should she decide at some point? I'm not saying that she's decided now, but this is just something that y'all need to think about in the future because this will create a bit of a problem. So if she decides to not caucus with the Democrats, and I mean by voting with them, it will now be... 50, 50 Democrats, 49 Republicans, and one independent. Right now, there are three independents. No, two. Senator Bernie Sanders, independent from Vermont. Senator Angus King, independent from Maine. But they caucus with the Democrats. And also, Senator Sanders is chair of the Senate Budget Committee. You get what I'm saying right now? It's an issue about committee ratios and size. Should Senator Sinema decide to not caucus, there will be an upheaval. And it will, it will, it will go, it will be 50-49 and, and one independent. And then, you know, the vice president will be the deciding vote or shoot. Yeah. So all I'm saying is this. Senator Sinema made this decision. Um, she felt as if there's too much partisanship. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is politics. It is what it is. But she's decided that both parties are have just become too partisan. That's what politics are. I mean, I'm just saying that's what politics are, but that's her decision. She has her right to make that decision just as her constituents in the state of Arizona have the right to vote for her or not vote for her in 2024. And that's when she's up in 2024. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. I mean, she's, you know, she's known for her independent streak and she's basically said that she wants to get things done. I wish her well. I really, really do. But she needs to totally understand, you know, it's understandable that you're frustrated. But at the end of the day, our country has been divided to the point where you have Republican-controlled state legislatures basically rewriting laws to harm people. I mean, we're fractured. We're a fractured nation. We are. We were fractured during the Civil War, even before the Civil War. We're fractured now. And some of the things that I think were the reasons why we're fractured on, first and foremost, is our country doesn't talk about race. And until they talk about race, I mean, there's, there's going to be continued reckoning with regards to that issue. And there are a lot of states, you know, that don't want to teach children about slavery um, and certain other subjects, which I think is wrong. Um, fundamentally, I think everybody should learn about our country's entire history. But I digress. And um, look, 
as I said earlier, organizing Congress is not glamorous, but it has to be done. And we're going to have to figure out, you know, when we find out the committee seat assignments for House and Senate members. And as I said earlier, um, a lot of the chair of the House committees and the Senate committees are, are, are you know, I think they're widely known. There are going to be some contested races, obviously, like I said about um, House Science, um, Space and Technology Committee. Um, Zoe Lofgren wants to be the new ranking member, but Bill, her colleague, Bill Foster, does not. He, he wants to run because he, he worked at a national lab. He's a professor. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. And I provided a lot of links in my show notes that you should take a look at. Um, like I said, I mean, you know, some of the, the links that I have is when are the House and Senate leadership elections, because I know a lot of you probably wanted to know about that. And the fact that, you know, there's going to be a new Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries. Democratic whip is going to be Catherine Clark. And the Democratic caucus chairman is going to be Pete Aguaya from California. And, you know, on the Senate side, we're talking about the new leadership team, you know, Talked about that earlier. And also, there have been a lot of media reports about how House Republicans are bracing for doomsday, a doomsday um, scenario, if Representative Kevin McCarthy falls short of 218 votes to be speaker. Remember, 218. 218, people. He needs 218 votes. Right now, he doesn't have it. Because remember, there's only 220 Republicans in the next Congress. 220. So y'all do the math. Because, like, seriously, there have been, like I said, I mean, probably like maybe close to 10 or or, la- or less Republicans have publicly come out and said, I'm not voting for them. I'm not voting for him. And I heard um, earlier this week, the Republican conference met and there was a bit of a screaming match of those that support, you know, minority leader um, McCarthy to be speaker and those that oppose him. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, there's no margin of error here, people. There, there, there just isn't. And... I just, yeah, I, I I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's just, I'll just put it to you this way. <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I don't know. I mean, I just, it's weird to see, um, it is. It's just. It, it's just. It's weird to see. It. 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 It just real. It, it is. And, and you know, I misspoke. So, Republicans are going to have two hundred and twenty-two members in the Republican conference, and then House Democrats will have two hundred and thirteen. 
I mean, come on. That's a small majority. That's a very small majority. And yeah, I mean, two, 213 to 222. Uh, you know, that's nine. That's nine seats. You got a nine seat majority. Nine. I, all I'm telling you is this. You need 218. He needs 218 to be speaker. And like I said before, he's not going to get it on the first ballot. I think it's going to take several ballots. I mean, I'm hoping that it doesn't turn into what it did back in 1855 when it took two months and there were hundreds of ballot voting that was going on. I mean, I, like I said, in order for the House to organize, they need a speaker. And, you know, all I got to say is, I don't know, because this was like, you know, this might be the messiest, the second messiest speakership battle. Uh, I mean, who knows? Again, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> and there's a book that I want to recommend, you know, that's actually really helpful to me. Uh, it's the Congressional Desk Book, The Practical and Comprehensive Guide to Congress. You should check it out. I mean, um, I have the sixth edition. I mean, and it goes into um, about, you know, how or you know Congress is organized, you know, and it goes into the members and leaders and committees. I mean, you know, I think y'all should just you know check it out and and see. And you know, like I said, we don't know the House committee and subcommittee assignment process. You know, oftentimes, you know, it's it's determined by what the new, you know, freshmen are interested in and about, you know, what they need to push forward for their congressional districts. So, I mean, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be interesting because committee assignments are very, very important. And party leadership is involved in this. And. We just have to wait and see. We really, really do. We're just going to have to wait and see. I mean, I'm anxious to find out, like, the new freshmen, what committees are they going to be on? Also, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, the incumbents who won re-election, are they going to stay on their current committees? Or are they going to want to go to another committee? I mean, inquiring in minds want to know people. We just want to know. So... Next week, like I said, you know, um, the Democratic Caucus and the Democratic Steering Committee, you know, they'll meet and then they'll make the decisions. With the Republicans, I think it's going to be it's going to be a little bit different, but we're not going to find out until January. We're just we're just not. So I I don't know. I mean, one thing that I can say. If people ask about like the number of committees and limitations of committee assignments. So one thing that I learned that in general, members may serve on no more than two standing committees. And those standing committees are, you know, House Appropriations, House Agriculture, 
energy and commerce, financial services, transportation and infrastructure. You know, I can go on, but, you know, it is what it is. But I will say this, you know, I'm going to repeat it again. The intra-party organization role is this. Republicans and Democrats, they give their committee assignments to steering committees, which is comprised of elected leadership, members elected from regions, and members appointed to by leadership. And those, the steering committees, they vote in secret. Okay. And they vote in secret um, at individual recommendations for assignments. And then they forward the recommendations to the entire um, party caucus or conference. So that's how that works. Okay. Um, the subcommittee assignment process. So under house rules, generally under house rules, it's limited for members to serve on four subcommittees. <clears throat> now, party rules and practice, however, govern that the subcommittee assignment, they govern the subcommittee assignment process. Uh, same thing like on the Senate side, like I said earlier about ABC committees. So the Senate rules establish three categories. And they're A, B, and C committees, okay? So each party is designated to a super A committee, committees. Um, and then the senators are only, so the senators are restricted from serving on two A committees and one B committee. They are also restricted um, to service on one super A committee. And I got to tell you, um, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I can tell you, so I'm going to name the committees, the A committees, the B committees, the C committees in the Senate. Now, the A committees are ag, natural, um, nutrition, and forestry, appropriations, armed services, banking, housing, and urban affairs. Commerce, Science, and Transportation, Energy and Natural Resources, Environment and Public Works, Finance, Foreign Relations, Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions, Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, Judiciary and Select Intelligence. Those are the eight committees. However, under that, there are super aid committees and they are Appropriations, Armed Services, Finance, and foreign relations. Now, B committees are budget, rules and administration, small business and entrepreneurship, veterans affairs, special aging, joint economic. The C committees are select ethics, Indian affairs, joint library, joint printing, printing and joint taxation. So there you have it. And let's talk about the House. They have exclusive and non-exclusive committees. Obviously, appropriations is exclusive. 
energy and commerce is exclusive because they cradle the grave. That's their jurisdiction. Cradle the grave. And you have financial services, rules committee, and ways and means. Um, that's for the Democrats. I mean, and it's, it's actually the same for Republicans as well. Now, non-exclusive committees are, you know, ag, armed services, budget, education in the workforce, financial services, you know, I'm not going to go into all of them, but the exempt ones are ethics, select intelligence. So you're just learning a lot today. And, and, and I'm actually, I'm learning a lot because I had no idea that there was ex exclusive and non-exclusive. I mean, I always knew that ways and means and appropriations were the top committees on the House side. So my citizen legislators, I hope that you enjoy this episode because this is what I have to do for a living because I got to figure out who's going to be on what committee. And it's fun to a certain extent, but then again, it's very, very nerve wracking. So I will say this. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I hope that you will look at the show notes and the links that I've provided because a little bit of history um, the book that I had told you about that, that may interest you, um, a, um, a CRS report. No, I don't have a CRS report on this one. But look, I think this is going to be very, very helpful. I really, really do. I think it's going to be very, very helpful. And, you know, just take the time to look at it. Because citizen legislators, what have I I've told you from the beginning? What, the reason why I started this podcast. I want people to fully understand how their government works. That's what I want. How your government works. You contribute to the operation of your government through your taxes. You basically are Congress's boss and the president's. And, you know, the, well, the judiciary, I won't even go into that because that's something different. And we've already talked about that. My, my, the, my very first episode, the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But I digress. I really hope that you um, enjoy this. Um, this is not a sexy or glamorous topic, but I think it will help you understand the process of how the, you know, the party leaderships in, you know, the Democratic Caucus and the Republican Conference and how they choose who's going to sit on what committee and the process. I mean, like I said, it's like making sausage and you don't want to know how sausage is made because it's gross. It is gross. It's like it's still it's like making legislation. You just want to know the end result. You don't want to know what goes into it. But I'm trying to show you well, actually convey to you what goes into it. So my citizen legislators, thank you so much. This was Topless Government, the Government of Politics show. And I hope y'all love this show because I love it. If you enjoyed it, I would be pleased if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show. We are in the process of getting on YouTube. We've been on Facebook, but we do Facebook Live postings. I've done a post, I've done a reel on TikTok, 
I'm slowly gathering followers on TikTok. I do some short reels on discussions, you know, about Hakeem Jeffries being the new Democratic leader, leader for next Congress. But I just want to sincerely tell you, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a great weekend. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And that is about it. Thank you.